the Faith Sides Podcast. My name is Tyler Bullets, and welcome back to the 20th Sunday after Pentecost for the week of October 10th, 2021, and I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to dig into this week's podcast, and I'm excited because I think in a lot of ways, the gospel text that we have this week is complicated, but I also think when we are taking into consideration and thinking about some of the different ways in which we can handle this, There are examples of this that we can take and understand and I think then be able to use it more in our faith perspective that help us make this text easier. It gets me excited because I really like being in a position where we can take the scientific understanding of something and make faith easier. And I love when that happens and I love when we get to that. And I love also the question that we had last week for the Twitter question, which I think kind of will kind of get into a little bit here this week, is being connected online worth losing outer space? And the answer that we got back from multiple people then was no. And I would agree with that. I don't think it's worth losing outer space. But it brings up a lot of concerns, and one of our loyal listeners brought up talking about radio frequencies and with how satellites, GPS, weather satellites, and all these signals that we're getting back and forth, and then trying to add 5G, which eventually they're talking about 6G, probably within the next 5 to 10 years, the amount of frequencies that are actually available legally to use is getting harder and harder and harder. So especially for like amateur radio operators, but in a lot of ways just for life to keep happening, the amount of frequencies to not get crosstalk is definitely a concern. And I would definitely agree. I think it's one of the things that isn't being talked about also that is eventually going to hit the fan. We can't have where all these radio frequencies are essentially used up. And it gets back to this idea of we have a world with limited resources and whatever we create, there is going to be a limited amount. And we have to then be conscious and think about how can we use this in the best possible way? How can we be good stewards of our environment, of the world around us. And I think that's something that we as people struggle with. We struggle with change and we struggle with at times really being able to think far enough ahead to be able to think about what the impact of what we're doing really is. So let's just jump into it this week. The alternative Old Testament or first reading is from Job chapter 23 verses 1, 9 and 16 and 17. This is kind of jumping ahead further in the story of what's been going on in Job. Job has continued to have these crazy things kind of going on as Satan is kind of putting him to the test. Job then starts talking to a group of friends. At first, they're giving him some decent advice, but as it goes further and further, it just gets further and further just way out there. And Job just continues to say like this is hard and I realize that a lot of this is just crazy what's going on but I'm going to continue to persevere because I know that God has not abandoned me. I really like verses 16 and 17. God has made my heart faint. The Almighty has terrified me. If only I could vanish into the darkness, the thick darkness and cover my face. This idea of like this is just overwhelming. It's really overwhelming, God, but yet 
he still has the fear of God, that healthy fear of God to be able to move us forward, to continue to serve our God. The psalm that goes with that is Psalm 22, verses 1 to 15. And this has the familiar verse that we hear more with usually, Good Friday. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me from my words of my groaning? That there is times where we are crying out and we just don't understand. And it ties so beautifully with Job's where we don't understand why God isn't there. But yet the second half of this is still trusting that God is going to be there, that God has worked with me and will continue to work with me. Verse 10, on you I cast my birth since my mothers bore me, you have been my God. And then continues this trusting that God will continue to be there. And even though things are difficult at this moment, things are not going to just totally leave him. Verse 9 kind of helps that. Yet you took me from the womb, you kept me safe in my mother's breast, that God has been there and that This comfort is going to continue to work things out. The Old Testament reading then is from Amos chapter 5, verses 6 and 7 and 10 through 15. This kind of requires a huge long summary and I'll try condensing it down to as quick as I can. Amos is a minor prophet going through and has been kind of ridiculing, talking about all these different groups around Israel. And when we get to this section, Finally, it's Amos calling out the Israelites and saying, don't think just for the moment because I've said so much about your enemies that you're not also at fault here. That there are transgressions and sins and things that if we do not spend enough time working with God, if we don't spend enough time working together, If we don't spend enough time as the body of Christ without saying it that way, we will die. That this, the God of hosts, the God that has made us, has made us for something greater than this. And so then, thus, we have to be able to treat it as such. The psalm this week is Psalm 90, verses 12 through 17. And I really enjoy this because of how this starts out and kind of gets into this, especially starting in verse 12. So teach us to count our days that we may gain a wise heart. Turn, O Lord, how long? Have compassion on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love so that we may rejoice and be glad in all of our days. That again, that We should be celebrating, we should recognize the power and the beauty of what God is. And again, this is why we serve, like what is being talked about here in Amos, that we aren't getting foolish and essentially, oh, God's got my back, that this is still an active thing that we still are pursuing and actively working at this relationship. The New Testament or second reading is from Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12 to 16. This is a text, again, of God's word is so powerful. It's a very powerful thing. And then again, that then we should be treating it as such. That when humanity at times lets us down, that we can't fully grasp it, that's where God steps in. And that's the power of what God is able to do. And that because of this, 
we can approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace in a time of need. And coming from verse 16, that because of this, that one grace is offered because we will fall short, but that also that this is something that's empowering when done correctly. The gospel text this week is out of Mark chapter 10, verses 17 to 31. This is a text I would assume a lot of preachers are going to preach on because there's a lot here. You have a man running up to Jesus and calling him the good teacher and asking, how do I inherit eternal life? Jesus responds with, why do you call me good? And saying that God is the only one that's good. And then continues, you should know the commandments. You should not murder, commit adultery, steal, bear false witness, defraud, which is a new one, and honor your father and mother. The person who ran up, I've followed these since my youth. And this is a key moment here coming from verse 21. Jesus looked at him, loved him, and said, that's the only time we get this in Mark's gospel is the loved him. And Jesus then responds, you lack one thing. Go, sell what you own, and give the money to the poor, and that you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. He's shocked goes away grieving, it says, because he has a lot. The disciples then are trying and are perplexed by this because we get the impression that this is probably a fairly wealthy person because it states that he has a lot of possessions. And they're trying to understand what is it all going to take. Jesus then responds, It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Essentially stating it is impossible. The eye of the needle where the thread goes through and a camel is a huge animal. Impossible without God for that to happen. And it kind of reiterates this coming in verse 27. For mortals, it is impossible, but not for God. For God, all things are possible. It was what Jesus states in verse 27. Peter, again, is stating that, look, we've dropped everything to follow you. Jesus says, coming, I'm going to read 29 and 30 and 31 here. Jesus said, truly I tell you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mothers or fathers or children or fields for my sake and for the sake of the good news who will not be received a hundredfold now in this age, houses, brothers and sisters, mothers and children and fields with persecutions in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last will be first. The line that we've probably heard plenty of times, the last being first and the first being last. A lot in this text, a lot to dig into. But before we jump into how faith and science come together this week, we have to do a shameless plug. Oh, Working Preacher, if you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it between their Sermon Brainwaves podcast, their commentaries, their discussions. Since I'm not an ordained minister, I use them on a weekly basis to be able to bring you this podcast and keep me grounded and get some different perspectives on how to look at this. Also, if you haven't checked out the lectionary from the library at Vanderbilt.edu, I really enjoy it. For one, having all the text together, it's what I use every week to look at all the different texts. But also, I really enjoy that it has the art to go along and how different people interpreted these texts artistically throughout the ages. It's really, really helpful 
tool. And if you haven't checked out either Working Preacher or the Revised Coming Lectionary coming from the library at Vanderbilt, I'd highly recommend checking out both of these resources. Did you pick up a theme? I know the easy theme is talking about how we are all rich and that we then should be giving it back. And I would argue, especially from a scientific perspective, we as homo sapiens are rich and we love depriving the environment, the world, the only place we have to live of its resources without a care or a second thought. And we don't really, really fully consider that. And I've talked about that before. I listened back to what I was stating three years ago, talking directly about that. But I think there's another point here that is in a lot of the other texts, but I think Jesus is also stating it here just more in a subtle way. It's about relationship. Here, Job is talking about early his relationship with God and how he fears God, even as all this stuff is going on. But yet, there's still this trust that God will get me through, that there is something that's going on. And we heard that last week. We hear that in the cry of the psalm, but yet God will still deliver me because God has done it and God will do it again. And I just don't know how. Amos reminding the Israelites, like, this is, you got to make sure that you're still making that time for God. You got to make sure that you're still spending that time with God. Do not take this for granted. We get that in the psalm and we get that in Hebrews. Is that not what God is talking about here? Because if you're listening to this podcast, let's be honest, you are a rich man or woman. And the scape of humanity as a whole, on the scape of even just the world currently, you are considered rich compared to many. And if you especially just want to look at our time period here versus the history of humankind, we are filthy rich, all of us. So what does this mean? Why is this something that matters so much to God? And I think it means that we have to dig into our relationship here. God wants a relationship with us and God loves his people, our neighbors, so thus we should be making sure we are sharing and caring about them. So how does this tie to science? I think it's actually quite obvious. When we think about it, we've talked about this. What is the point of doing science? The the point of doing science is to obtain knowledge. Because knowledge is power. We've heard that probably throughout our childhood, that knowledge is power. But one of the things that we tend to, I think, especially in the age in which we're in, we forget that that power can be multiplied when shared with others. That's one of the beautiful things with the scientific community. You do research to share your research so that things can be built upon it. Things can be asked, questioned, thought about, reconsidered. We work together on this. Yes, there is people who get Nobels because they laid the main foundation for what is done. But it doesn't mean those Nobels happen often based off of something being built off of it. Change being built off of it. Things happening off of it. Maybe those people also get mentioned in the Nobel because it was such a mind-changing thing. But that's the point. Science is building upon itself. We are working together. We are building something together. The world does not work well when we hold things in, when we hold things close to the best, and we only have it with ourselves. And the thing is, is I think when we're looking at how the last 18 to 20 months have been difficult, to say the least, 
but we also look at just what our world has all been going on and how we're treating each other. And you look at the science even before this. The number of people who can say they have close friends dwindling every year. Why? And I'll attach the research down below. Why? We are isolating. We are finding ways to isolate ourselves. What's funny in that is that when we look at the church as a whole, big C church, we're struggling. You see, church is about community. And when we're struggling as individuals to find community and to recognize that this is something important that we should be doing, we struggle. Science doesn't have this struggle as much because it's built into how we do things. If you hold on to research just on your own, it's considered very selfish. There better be a good reason why you're doing it. Because it's the idea is that we are sharing ideas to be able to work on projects together. If we look at the beginning of this pandemic, one of the things that was a miracle was how fast the genome of COVID-19 was sequenced. So thus, all of us could share in that information to work together on steps to work on getting through this pandemic. Those steps came from working together. In doing that, it means that we have to look beyond ourselves. It's interesting. Like I stated here in the text, in verse 19, Jesus brings up defrauding, which isn't a commandment, but it fits. Because if we're defrauding, we are breaking a relationship. We're straining a relationship. What is Jesus actually asking? He's asking this person, this man, to look beyond the self, to care about the neighbor, to be observant to the people around them and care. Making sure that as a community of believers who are following Jesus, that they aren't about Jesus purely. They're not just about themselves. They're about the community is about looking out for others, caring for others. The scientific community as a whole is doing it very well. And I'd argue it's one of the things as a church we are still struggling with. We've at times in our past done really well. And I think right now there are spots and glimmers of hope and there's places we do it well, but there's also places we can improve. We have to be realistic with ourselves in that way. Just like a scientist has to be realistic at looking at the data and saying, this is what that data says. And we've talked about how more checks and balances are trying to be put into place to make sure that that happens correctly. We are trying as people to share a world we are trying to share information. We are trying to care about each other. It's the old adage of give a person a fish and it feeds them for a day. Teach them the fish and you fed them for a lifetime. It's the whole reason on why we share knowledge, share ideas, is so that we can make sure that we are feeding each other well and we're caring about each other. And it's amazing once you hear stories, we as human beings, we latch onto them and suddenly we care. But that's how we've been designed. We haven't been designed to be hoarders. We've been designed to care for each other, to care for our neighbors, to care about people around us. Look at a squirrel. 
A squirrel tries to be a hoarder, but it's a bad hoarder. A squirrel tries and builds up and makes sure it has its reserves, but let's be honest, some slip away, slump, get into a spot and it starts growing and then you have a sprouted acorn and suddenly you're growing an oak tree. Or take an owl that's being super successful and starts stashing things around and I've watched this happen. Do they remember all those places? No. So if that body decays, then what does it become? It becomes food for detritivores, aka like mushrooms and things to break it down into the soil so that other things can grow. We are built upon, in nature, we are built on this idea of all of us working together to help each other out. We as humans at times struggle with that. And there's places we do well, like the science community, where we do our best at sharing accurate knowledge and giving information to each other and there's other times we don't i know one of the things that's been a hot button issue this last week is talking about the whistleblower situation with facebook and really what is that about in a lot of ways people are wanting to have an understanding of what's going on they want to have a communication and making sure that the playing field is fair whether you agree with it or not they're wanting to make sure that we're not being defrauded that we haven't been set up, that we've had an honest and fair conversation. That's what we're going for here. We're wanting to make sure that things, all things considered, are equal to the best of our ability. We're trying to make sure that we're caring about each other. In a world in which that seems to at times be hard, and if we look at the last year and a half, we've had to at times just worry about ourselves and as we are slowly potentially still coming out of it but still precautions we are opening up the door to trying to understand that we have to continue to be what god designed us to be people who care about others care beyond ourselves science in its true essence of acquiring knowledge to share with others to be built upon that knowledge is that but we often corrupt it ourselves our human nature corrupts that and we need to remind ourselves that we are trying to work together toward things instead of constantly worrying about how much can i acquire the more hands that we have rowing the boat together the faster we get there so the twitter question for you this week is where have you done the mantra of sharing is caring where have you shared Where have you cared? I think it's something that as we are reintroducing ourselves and figuring out what the new normal is, we have to remember that was a part of the old normal that was good. That when we do share and we do care, things are better. We are all dependent on each other. In some small way or big ways, we do. And the environment and ecosystem around us, if you look at it in a deep way, It's dependent upon itself in all these different facets that different parts coming together to make something much greater than what one thing could do by itself. And as people, we are part of that and remembering that we are part of that. But even as just groups of people reminding us that we are way better together than we are apart. A a message that's hard, a message that cuts deep, but a message that Jesus is really trying to make sure we understand. So remember to share that information, to care about that information and work together with people because that's the fun part of science. 
is learning from each other so that our imaginations can run wild and figure out what's the next thing we're going to learn next. So, we'll wrap this up as we always do. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science.